Um, we're reading from Second Peter 1, 16 through 21. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have heard, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. May God bless the reading of his word. I recently read of a young, an older man who was on his deathbed. He was blind. And on his deathbed, his, his pastor came in. They wouldn't expect him to make it through the night. His pastor came in and, and was there to give him comfort and encouragement and whatever he could give to him some peace. And this blind man was laying there just as happy as he could be. And, and he, the, the pastor said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. He said, I'm doing great. And the pastor thought, okay, they just told me that he's not expected to make it through the night. How's he doing so well? And so there was, there was silence then for, for a few minutes or a couple of minutes. And, and in that silence, you could just feel the, the thoughts and the process going on in, in both of their minds. And the blind man finally spoke and he said, um, do you want to know why I'm so happy? And the pastor said, yes, can you tell me? Because he thought, this man's on his dying bed. It's his last hours. Why are you so happy? He said, I'm going to close my eyes, and when I open them again, I'm going to see my Jesus face to face. He said, I'm going to see my Jesus face to face. In our lives, in our everyday lives, we see Jesus face to face, but we choose to look the other way. God gives us miracles every single day in our life, and we choose to look the other way because we either don't think we deserve it, or we just think it's just something that happened by circumstance. But God gives us miracles every single day that we need to open our eyes and to see them. Did you see that? It's something we need to be telling people all. Did you see what God did for me? Did you see what God did for this one? You know, we've had miracles happen in this church for, I know, the last four years or three and a half years. I know that for a fact because we pray for people and we see healing. I don't know how many babies we have prayed for that have have had a a MRS, MRS, what is it? Is that right? Uh, uh, they've, had, they've had that. <laughs> Babies that have, have been born premature. We can go to Callan right now. We can say that's a miracle from God, Janet. The baby's gaining weight. He's doing great. He's doing great. A miracle from God born two months early. Three pounds and nine ounces then lost some of it. It's a miracle from God that God is doing through, 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 through the lives of the people because of the prayers that we pray. 
Because of the prayers that we pray, we lift people up all the time for spiritual reasons, for physical reasons, for financial reasons, whatever they may be. We lift them up and we expect God to hear our prayers. But then when the prayers, the answers come, sometimes we just turn away from them. We don't want to see it. We don't want to see it. We don't want to see the greatness and the glory of God. We don't want to see the majesty that God has for us. When the disciples went on from the mountain of transfiguration to see Jesus, to follow Jesus, he was going up to pray like he often did, and he took some disciples with him. When they were going up to pray, they looked at him, that he told them to stay back. And they looked at Jesus Christ, and they saw the light in his face that was like the sunlight, and they saw his clothes become bright as bright can be. They saw a miracle by seeing Jesus. In our lives, we see those miracles every single day. We see things that happen, and somehow we close our eyes and we don't want to see it, or we're afraid that somebody's going to say, mm, they're kind of radical over there. They're kind of radical. Can you imagine radical Methodists? Woo, glory be. <laughs> they're kind of radical over there. I don't know what to think about them. These people are talking about the miracles of God and what God is doing. All they have to do is set foot in our doors, and they can feel the presence and the power of God. And they can find what God is trying to do in each one of our lives and change us and mold us and make us into that miracle that He has created within us. We look in the mirror sometimes and we, and we look and we see, is this the person that God has made us? And when we look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I, sometimes all I see is a big fat man. But that's not what God sees. God sees straight from that into my eyes and into my soul. He knows my soul. He knows my heart. He knows your heart and your soul. When you look in the mirror, you need to see through that mirror into your eyes and into your soul and know that God has His hand upon you. That God is wanting to give you the strength and the peace that you need. That God is wanting to give you the courage that you need to follow in His journey, on His journey, in His footsteps, and follow the path that He has led for you. Wow, God is powerful. God is powerful, but we want to dismiss the power of God too many times in our lives, and we just want to turn and go the other way. But God wants to say, He he would beg us. He would beg us to to let let Him be a part of us, that He can take us and hold us, and that He can make us be transfigured into that brightness, into the dark world that that He Himself had gone through that transition. We have power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power of prayer. We have the power of knowledge. We have the power of science. We have the power of so many things at our footstool and at, at, at the reach of our hands, at our fingertips. But we don't take that step to grab hold of that power. And God is wanting us and begging us, take that step because I am here and I'm going to go with you and I'm going to light you on fire for the Holy, with the Holy Spirit. I kind of wish Pentecost Sunday would hurry up and get here, you know? Um, I used to dread Pentecost Sunday, but I don't dread Pentecost Sunday anymore um, because it's all about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit and that power of the Holy Spirit falls upon us if we just open our hearts and let Him. If we just open our hearts and let that power fall, we know that we can sing without a depth that song, Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. We do have that victory. 
No matter what our circumstances may seem like around us, we do have that victory. And the power of God is changing lives because of the, 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 the willingness that you have and the commitment and the involvement that you have to go out. And I have a story to tell you about involvement, too. I was at a funeral service um, Wednesday, and it was a, a funeral for the, the father of a good pastor friend of mine that Sandy and I just loved to death. And um, Amy preached a service for her dad and... and uh, her, her mom called her about three weeks before the, he passed away and said, said, your dad's not talking about dying. He had cancer. And your dad's not talking about dying. Your dad is not talking about what he wants. Your dad's not talking about the service. Nothing. Maybe he'll talk to you, Amy. So Amy goes to their house and, and, and sits there and, and um, talks to him. Said, Dad, are you afraid of anything? He said, no. I'm not afraid of anything. He said, well, there's one thing I have some concern about. She said, what's that? He said, I'm concerned about your mom when I'm gone. And she said, don't worry about mom, there's four of us. She can go here for a little while, here for a little while, here for a little while, here. And then she can make the rounds again because none of us can keep her for very long. So after they chuckled and got through that moment, she, she said, I want to tell you about my, what I want in my service, though. She, he said, when you preach my sermon, my service, she said, I'm preaching your service? He said, yes, and you're going to do a good job. He was a pastor, too. He said, yes, and you're going to do a good job. Well, she told about this, that story, and then she told about how her dad had gotten up on Sunday morning. I kind of had it wrong in my, in my, when I first heard about it, but her dad had gotten up on Sunday morning to go preach, and he wasn't feeling too well. So he told his wife, he said, I'm going to go lay down for a little bit before church starts so I can be ready and, and, and ready to go. And, and she said, okay. And, and so she went in there a little bit later, and he was gone. And... and um, she found, she got his Bible and she found his notes for his sermon. And so she preached that sermon to us. And it was awesome. It was awesome. But one of the stories that she told that her dad had liked to, to share and, um, was about being committed and about being involved. And so there's such a difference in being involved in your walk with the Lord and being committed to your walk with the Lord. And she said, it, it, he always told it like this. He loved to cook breakfast. Breakfast was his favorite thing. If they would go over to his house and it was late at night, or it was for, for evening, they were going to go for a meal. If they would walk in the door and the mom would say, Dad is cooking supper, they knew they were having breakfast. Because he loved to cook bacon and eggs. He said, well, let me tell you the difference between involvement and commitment. The chicken is involved in that breakfast. The pig is committed. Where are we, church? Where are you in your walk? Where are you in your journey? Are you committed to that walk or are you just involved? Are you just involved in that walk where you can, you, can, you can go on to the next thing, the next thing, and it doesn't matter? Are you committed to where if Jesus Christ said, I want you to lay down your life for me and for others, that you are willing to do it? Not too many of us are willing to lay down our life. But God wants us to be committed, right? He wants us to be committed. To lay down our very lives for our journey with Him. How do we know that? How do we know for sure that God wants us to be committed to His journey? Because He called His Son for that same commitment. He he called His Son for that same commitment. And in that commitment, Jesus Christ, who could have called down the armies from heaven, said, here I am. Here I am. In the Son of Jesus Christ, we see and we understand the majesty of God. 
in the Son of Jesus Christ, we see and we understand the glory that God wants to pour out upon us because He sent His Son just for you and for me. In the commitment in the, the Son of Jesus Christ, He changed the world from darkness to light, from hatred to love. He changed the world because of His Son. And a commitment that was made. We think about the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountain. But I don't think that the transfiguration was as big of a deal as his disciples seen the transfiguration. Because their eyes were opened. And they understood. If you're going through a dark, lonely time in your life. If you feel like when you come to church, you cannot even worship. If you feel like things are going on around you or things are going on um, um, in, in your life that you, you don't know which way to turn, Jesus is saying, let me transform you. Let me transform you. Let me take you into that place where you see the light of God just like he did with the disciples. He took them into the place to see the light of God. And Jesus wants to take us into that same place and on that same journey. He wants to take us to where we can see the light of God. He wants us to be able to look in the mirror, look into our hearts and into our souls. And we see the light of God shining through. We see that sparkle in our eyes. He doesn't want gloom and doom upon our lives. He wants us to have the power of the victory of Jesus Christ. Poor David. David said earlier that that not following a set pattern is kind of makes him nervous. He's been nervous for four and a half years now, every Sunday. <laughs> and Stephen asked me, "Is this okay for us to do this this morning?" My answer to him was, "If we step back and let the Holy Spirit take over, I don't care what we do." When we step back and let the power of the Holy Spirit take over, it doesn't matter what we do as long as it's in the Spirit of God and it's used with His power. That's what God wants to do in our lives is step back. Take that step back. Let the Holy Spirit take over within us and then we can take that step forward and be more committed to Jesus Christ than we've ever been in our lives. I'm not calling you all pigs, but I'm telling you don't be a chicken. Walk forward into the walk and into the journey that Jesus Christ has for us because he has planned a way for us and we can't be afraid to take it up and go in that path and the journey that he's called us. We can't be afraid to take up that cross and to walk with it because at the end of that cross, we're going to find our blessings. Along our journey with that cross, we're going to find the blessings that God has for us, but we have to open our eyes and we have to tell somebody, did you see that? Did you see that? Nothing more beautiful than a child with an amazed look on their face and something that, wow. That's what God says too to us. There's nothing more beautiful than his children with an amazed look on their face saying, wow. Did you see what God's done for me? Healing. Hope. Restoration. Forgiveness. 
planting passion within us to change our life, to breathe His breath of the Holy Spirit. I'll still hear the rattling of the bones that we talked about last week. Because God is waking us up and bringing us together to be the people that He has called us to be. He is waking us and bringing us together so that we can know that the problems and the situations within our life are nothing that God cannot handle. Just like the blind man. He wasn't afraid of death, but he was overjoyed with being able to see his Jesus the next time he opens his eyes. The only person he would have ever seen is his Lord and his Savior. Did you see that, church? Did you see that? Have you seen the glory of God? Have you seen the majesty of God and the power of God as it's brought forth into your life? Have you let him transform you and bring to you, bring to me the light in which he's called us to walk? Did you see that, church? Praise the Lord. I see it. I see it. I have seen it. And I will see it. Through the power of prayer, the power of the word, and the power of the Holy Spirit. As we open our hearts to him. And we sing about that victory. And we see his majesty. And we see how the majesty of God unfolds in our lives. We will know. We will know that he's got our back. So church today, be committed. Be committed to Jesus Christ and to the work that he has called us to. But first of all, be committed in your own heart. Where are we in our own heart? Are we willing to lay everything aside? To forgive? Are we willing to let Jesus Christ come into our lives and make us the people that he has called us to be? Are we afraid? Are we afraid of the commitment to which he has called us? Let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fall down upon you and fill you into such a powerful way that you can't sit still, but you can do nothing but let people see that transforming light that shines from you. That's what God has called us to. And if you don't feel that light, you don't feel that warmth, you don't feel that peace, or you're afraid to experience the transformation of Jesus Christ, I ask you to come today. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit give you that peace that you need to be that new creature that we claimed at our salvation.